Obsessed CEO throws himself at me. Chapter 1 to 5. On an uninhabited island, raindrops pelted down like bullets, and the crashing of the waves was like drums. With a dagger, Ariel Moore was shaving the wooden piece down with difficulty. It was as if she felt nothing as the rain continued to hit her face. She had lost contact with her family for 10 years. Just as she finally found the Southalls just as she was about to find out the truth about her mother's death and her kidnapping a group of people, who claimed to be the ones to bring her home tried to kill her. She successfully defeated them, but the ship sunk, and she ended up on this uninhabited island. It was her seventh day on the island, and she had yet to see any passing ships. Fortunately, there were many trees and plants on the island and she had built herself a simple wooden boat. Right when she moved to work on the oars, it had abruptly rained heavily. Rising to her feet, Ariel was about to stretch when she spotted something dark by the rocks. Walking over suspiciously, it startled her to find out it was a man. The man was handsome, but his face was pale. He had an injury on his waist, and his blood was mixing together with the seawater forming a sunset in the water. Ariel placed her finger under the man's nose. When she realized the man was not dead, she began dragging him further into the island and into the cave she had been sleeping in for the past few days. After starting a fire, she ran back out into the rain. It was only a brief while before she returned with some herbs. You are lucky that you've met me, Ariel said as she reached out to take off the man's clothes. A quick glance at the man's waist told her that it was a deep knife wound. Did it hit his internal organs? The moment she reached out for his wrist to take his pulse, a hand grabbed onto hers instead. W who are you? The man's voice was almost a whisper, but the grip around her wrist was firm. Shooting the man a look, Ariel gloomily said, Who am I? I'm your savior. If you are not going to let go of me anytime soon. I'm going to have to build you a grave stone. In memory of Nameless. Does that sound good? The man only furrowed his brows in silence. Then, his eyes drifted toward the crushed herbs in her hands. What's the matter? Take it off. I'll help you. With that said, Ariel's hand reached toward him again. I'll do it myself. With a look of disdain, the man pushed her hands away and took off his shirt himself. The entire time, his dark eyes watched her warily. Once his shirt was off, Ariel saw the man's eight packs and the V-cut abs that ran down his body and into his pants. This man's figure, is a little too great, isn't it? Unable to help herself, Ariel gulped, blushing. She then carefully placed the crushed herbs on the man's body. What is this? The man asked. His voice was low and she could not hear any emotions in them. Antiseptic herbs for stopping the bleeding. Where am I? In the beginning, Ariel was a little shy to be around him. However, upon hearing his constant stream of questions, she raised her head to look at him impatiently. He's handsome, but he has too many questions. If I know where I am, I wouldn't need to be trapped in this place for seven days. Would I? If you have questions, you can ask your teacher instead. Why don't you save your strength and lie down to rest instead of speaking? Irritated, 
The man muttered. This is how a doctor should talk to her patient. Excuse me. Ariel deadpanned. Is this the way you should be talking to your savior? At that, the man furrowed his brows. Woman, you are rude. Dude, you are impolite. The two then glared at each other as the tension in the atmosphere rose. In the end, Ariel was the one to give up. She saw no point in settling the score with an injured man. So she stood up and said, The rain is quite heavy, so it'll be much colder at night. I'm going to start the fire again. Stay right there. As Ariel walked toward the corner, the man spoke again. Hey, what is the matter with you again? Ariel spun around. If I don't start this fire now, we're both going to freeze to death tonight. The man's mouth opened, but he ended up saying, Nothing. Rolling her eyes, Ariel returned to her fire starting. There was only one way to start a fire on the humid island drilling the wood. Ariel took over an hour to finally get a tiny flame going. However, the wind outside blew in and ended its short life. Hey, the man said again. What? Ariel shrieked. The moment she spun around, she heard the sound of something metallic dropping onto the ground. Then, she spotted the lighter by her feet. Huh? Oh. After a three-second silence, Ariel cursed out loud. Aren't you a despicable man? You be asterisk starred. The man slowly closed his eyes and turned away. But there was a small smile growing on his lips. Night soon arrived. The two rested on the two sides of the caves. In the middle of the night, Ariel woke from grunting sounds. Opening her eyes, she realized the man's pale face was completely white. He curled into himself. Cold sweat beaded all over his forehead. Hey, jerk. Are you okay? Ariel walked over to poke his arm. But the man did not even react to it. Hastily, she reached out to put her hand on his temple, only to find it scorching. His wound must be infected. That's why he's having a fever. Two amoxicillin would have done the trick. But where would she find amoxicillin on the uninhabited island? Left without any options, Ariel resorted to other methods to cool him down by taking off his clothes. However, although that lowered the man's temperature, he began shivering and mumbling about how cold it was. Hence, Ariel moved him closer to the fire, but his condition did not improve. Damn it! Ariel cursed before taking off her clothes. She then lay down and hugged the man to share her body heat with the man. Who cares if he's a jerk? It's more important to save his life first. Saving someone is a good deed. Maybe God will let me survive my way back to find out the truth with the Southalls. If the ones who came to bring me home tried to take my life, it means that there's something wrong with the Southalls. I'll be merciless if I find out that my father is the one who did this. Ariel lost herself in her thoughts as she hugged the man. Soon, she fell asleep. When she woke again, she heard voices and footsteps outside the cave. There are other people around. Shocked, she sat up to realize that the man's jacket was on her, but the man himself was gone. Hurriedly putting on her clothes, she then warily walked out of the cave. If these are the ones who tried to kill me, how professional of them. However, when Ariel reached the cave entrance, 
she realized there was a line of bodyguards clothed in black. A distance away was a helicopter, and the leader of the bodyguards was speaking to the man she saved. Right then, the man turned around. It was the first time Ariel had seen the man's face with proper lighting. He was still handsome, and he was quite intimidating just by standing there. Other than his pallor, he looked like any other individual. He's quick to recover. You. Just as Ariel started speaking, the man interrupted. What do you want? What? His question threw her off. Expressionless. He explained. You saved me. So I'll fulfill a wish of yours. Ariel was rendered speechless for a moment. How rude can you be? I saved you. But you don't even have a word of thanks. Right as those words left Ariel's lips. The bodyguards all stared at her. Aghast. It was as though she had said something strange. On the other hand. The man's expression remained neutral. You'll regret it if you miss this chance. Ariel was fuming. But she thought. My wooden boat might not last until I reach the land. Gritting her teeth. She squeezed out. Bring me home. Now. It was the man's turn to look astounded. That's all. What else? She only had one wish. Which was to leave the godforsaken uninhabited island. Glancing at her as if she was an idiot. The man then headed toward the helicopter. Three hours later. The helicopter was hovering in Jadboro's skies. Is that the place? The man asked. Pointing at the manor below. I think so. Ariel barely had any memories of her childhood. But she had investigated the Southalls before returning to the country. That place was supposed to be the Moors. But it now belonged to the man who never bothered looking for her during her ten-year disappearance. Her father. Down. The man ordered. The pilot instantly replied. Yes. Sir. At the Southall residence. The entire place was set up for a birthday party. Shandye Southall, who was wearing the latest season's dress from LV, was surrounded by socialites buttering her up. Shandye, your dress is beautiful. It's like a Milky Way. This is the dress from LVS Spring Edition. Isn't it? I couldn't even rent it. But you actually managed to buy it. Your dad is so nice to you. Happy birthday. Shandye. I heard Sam's Light has offered you a role. You are definitely going to be the most popular actress of the year. Don't forget about us when you become famous. Who cares about the entertainment industry? Shanye's just there for fun. Who is she? She's Shandye Moore. It's so easy for her to be famous. Concealing the glee in her eyes. Shandye uttered. Thank you very much. Let me go and check when the cake's coming. When Shandye returned to the mansion. She nearly collided with her mother. Who was heading toward the outside. Mom. Lowering her voice. She whispered to Cindy Moore. Has my cousin's men returned yet? It's my 20th birthday today. I don't want others to find out that our family has a girl who was kidnapped by human traffickers. Lovingly tidying the edge of Shandye's skirt. Cindy murmured. No news is good news. Don't worry. She won't be able to come back. Even if she does. The traffickers had sold her to some faraway village. What can a country bumpkin like her do? Shandye nodded in agreement. In fact, 
A part of her hoped that the country bumpkin would be able to return. That way, she would be able to relish the fact that she was the true daughter of a wealthy family. Bad news. Mistress Suthal. The housekeeper cried out as she rushed in. A nightshare helicopter landed on the lawn outside. The nightshares. Shandye's eyes lit up. Mom. Say. Do you think Dad invited Vincent Nightshare? Cindy was surprised as well. Although the Southells were running one of the top businesses in the country, and they were one of the prominent families in Jadboro, the Nightshares were one of the top families in the world. Vincent Nightshare was the heir of the Nightshare group, and the Southells still did not have the capability of inviting Vincent to their daughter's birthday party. Maybe Vincent thinks that the business deal with our family is important. Let's have a look. Cindy was perplexed. But it was a pleasant surprise for her. If our family gets to build a relationship with the Nightshares, we won't need to worry about anything anymore. After the mother and daughter touched up their makeups, they then excitedly rushed toward the lawn. By then, a group of Nouveau Reach had already gathered on the lawn. The moment Chandier walked over, the socialites crowded around her with jealous looks. Shen Ye, you actually invited the Nightshares. You are amazing. How could you not have told me something as important as this? I should have hired a professional makeup artist to put on my makeup today. Shen Ye smiled. But in her mind, she scoffed. The Nightshares are here for me. Why would you need to put on any makeup? I must have caught Vincent's interest in the ceremony held by the Nightshares last month. I'm going to be Mistress Nightshare soon. Right then, the helicopter door slowly opened. As everyone watched in anticipation, a young woman in ragged clothes jumped down from the vehicle. She was a slender young woman whose face was coated with dirt and dust. No one could see how she originally looked like. Even her hair was in a tangled mess as if she had not washed her head for an entire month. What? Everyone then turned to look at Chandye. Those who did not like her began mocking. Shen Ye, is this your esteemed guest? A beggar. Livid. Shen Ye stormed over and questioned. Who are you? Who do you think you are to join my birthday party? Birthday party. Instantly, Ariel realized who the arrogant girl was. It was known to others that she was Cindy's adopted daughter. But the detective had told her that Shen Ye was actually Cindy and Henrik's illegitimate child. He doesn't even know whether his real daughter is dead or alive. But he's holding a birthday party for his illegitimate daughter. Ha! Huh. Who am I? Ariel stared at the girl. I am your father. You. Right as Shandye was about to lose her temper, Ariel belatedly added. Your father's real daughter. Shandye froze. And the others around them instantly looked interested to watch the scene unfold. When Shandye came back to her senses. She stammered. Why you are Ariel Moore? That country bumpkin. She's really a country bumpkin. Huh? Fortunately, Cindy was smarter than her daughter. For she hurried forward. Ariel, is that you? I've been waiting for you for so long. My poor child. You are finally back. Ariel's lips curled. Hello. And Cindy. It's been a while. Despite the smile on her lips. Her tone was sarcastic. My mother's younger sister married my father. 
My father married my aunt. What nonsense is this? Something must be up. The guests began whispering to each other. I heard that Mistress Southall used to be the previous Mistress Southall's sister. This must be Miss Moore, who was kidnapped by human traffickers ten years ago. The Southalls used to be Moores. Henrik Southall actually married into the Moore family. Once Maureen Moore died, the Moores all took on the family name Southall instead. That actually happened. Seriously. Upon hearing their chatters, embarrassment flooded Cindy's mind. She cleared her throat and muttered, Darling, as long as you are back, I'll bring you to wash up. Look at you. You are so dirty. You must have had a difficult life in the countryside. She's still reminding others that I came from the countryside. It seems like she really hates me. Right as Ariel was about to speak, a low voice sounded out behind her. Hey. Everyone immediately turned to the owner of the voice. Once they saw the person coming down from the helicopter, they stiffened. It was Vincent. It was Vincent. Whose every move dictated the global economy. Mr. Nightshire. Shandier excitedly darted forward to welcome him. Are you here to join my birthday party? Thank you. Shandier could not conceal the joy in her eyes. And the blush on her face was for all to see. At the start, she thought Vincent had only sent someone to send her birthday greetings. But it turned out Vincent himself came. The time for my spring, the time for my happy life has come. If she could, she would have jumped in joy. Those around her were casting envious looks at her. Although she was just an adopted daughter, she seemed to have gotten Vincent's attention. She had nothing but good days ahead of her. Yet, in the next second, who are you? Vincent's brows knitted as if he had just noticed Chandier. The impatience and confusion in his eyes were visible to everyone. Vincent did not know the woman in front of him. PFT, some of the guests could not hold back their laughter. I thought Mr. Nightshire was here to wish Chandier a happy birthday. But it turns out he doesn't even know who she is. Ha ha ha. This is hilarious. If I were her, I'd bury my whole body in the sands and never come back out. At that moment, Chandier's expression changed from delight to shock, then to embarrassment. In the end, she glared at the two laughing socialites. At the end of the day, Cindy was the quickest to recover. She stepped forward and said, Mr. Nightshire, we didn't know you'd be coming today. What an honor for us to have you come. It's my daughter's birthday today. So she thought you were here to wish her a happy birthday. It seems like you are here to discuss the business collaboration with Rick. He's upstairs. So please come in. The mocking gazes from the guests instantly disappeared. It was also an honor to have Vincent go to his business partner's place to discuss a deal. Yet, once again, in the next second, do I know you? Cindy's gesture of invitation froze midair. Mr. Nightshire doesn't know me. Once again, the guests were trying to hold themselves back from laughing. Is the mother and daughter duo here for comedic purposes? Cindy was internally cringing from the awkwardness. If Vincent doesn't know me, then who's he here for? All of a sudden, she recalled that the Ariel Mort that everyone looked down on had come out of Vincent's helicopter. Ariel's appearance had been too sudden and shocking. 
as she was in such a disheveled state. For a long moment, she simply could not think that Vincent and Ariel might be connected. Does Ariel know Vincent? Right as that thought emerged in her mind, she saw Vincent walking past her toward Ariel. Vincent pressed his voice and said, Are you sure that's your wish? I'll give you another chance. Ariel knitted her brows and looked at him. You want to grant me another wish? Do you think you are the magical genie? Everyone, including Shandye and Cindy, looked at Vincent and Ariel in disbelief. What's going on? Does this beggar know Vincent? Vincent gazed into her eyes. When he was about to respond to her question, Henrik interrupted. Nice to see you, Mr. Nightshire. Why didn't you tell me you are coming? All the guests just dropped when Henrik greeted Vincent. Cindy instantly closed her eyes as she dared not imagine what would happen next. What on earth is happening? Henrik finally noticed something was amiss and started looking around. A sudden frown warped his face the moment he saw Ariel. Henrik turned to Shandye and said, Why did you invite a beggar to our birthday party? Get her out of here. Shandye froze for a moment even though deep in her heart she was pleased with his reaction. Dad. She's. Dad. Ariel interrupted. Don't you remember me? I'm Sanye. Sanye was Ariel's nickname. San. Henrik raised his brows and widened his eyes in shock. You are Ariel. Yes. Dad. I'm Ariel. She walked up to him. Ariel did not remember anything that had happened a decade ago. But she remembered that familiar face. Upon hearing that, Henrik staggered. Fear was written all over his face as he was afraid that his secret would be exposed. Ariel knew what was going through his mind. In a steady voice, she continued. We have not met for years. I miss you so much. Henrik was at a loss for words. He had no choice but to give her a pat on the shoulder. Welcome back, honey. But, what happened to you and Mr. Nightshire? Why do the both of you look so messy? All the guests then started paying attention to Vincent's clothes. They were so drawn to the man himself that they did not notice how wet his clothes were. Shandye cast a puzzled look at Ariel and Vincent. Is there something going on between these two? But she somehow dismissed her suspicion. Vincent falling in love with this country bumpkin. No way. Unless he's blind. Upon seeing how awkward the atmosphere had become, Cindy stepped in and said, I think it was Mr. Nightshire who brought Ariel home. Really? Henrik seemed to be a little less disgusted by Ariel after hearing that. Since she was still young and doesn't remember a thing from her childhood, I guess she doesn't exactly know what happened. Imagine the benefits we can reap if we could use her to get closer to the Nightshires. Henrik instantly plastered a smile to his face and looked at Vincent. So you are Ariel's friend. Thanks for bringing her back to us. If you don't mind, would you like to stay back, clean up a little, and dine with us? Cindy added. Oh, yes. We have extra pairs of clothes for our guests. Vincent initially wanted to turn down their offer, but he could not stand wearing that sea-soaked clothes anymore. Since Vincent did not reject his officer, Henrik extended his hand and showed him the direction to the guest room. He then whispered in Cindy's ear, Clean Ariel up too. Cindy and Henrik had been married for nearly a decade, 
So she understood what he wanted her to do. It was clear that Henrik wanted to use Ariel to get in the Nightshirishjud books. Damn it. Why is luck on Ariel's and not my daughter's side? Maureen had been oppressing Cindy when she was still alive. I'll never allow her daughter to step all over mine. Cindy nodded and played along. She then pulled Shandye aside and said, Bring her to the bathroom. She's your older sister now. So be nice to her. Shandye was able to read between the lines. She turned around and put on a smile. Hey, Ariel. Let's go to the bathroom. Shall we? Ariel did not believe that the mother-daughter duo would accept her into the family. Yet, she hid her suspicion and responded with a grin. Okay. They held hands and walked into the mansion. Meanwhile, other guests continued to exchange whispers as they tried to figure out what Vincent was doing here. No matter what the reason was, it was clear that from now on, they would have to show more respect to the Southalls. At the guest room upstairs, Shandye said, You can stay here temporarily while we tidy up your room. And you can also find all the toiletries here. I'll bring you a dress. All right. Thank you. Ariel responded. Oh, before I forget, Shandye turned around and asked, Do you know how to use the water heater? We've fixed the temperature, so you don't have to adjust it anymore. She reminded kindly but somehow forgot to hide the disdain in her eyes. Ariel seemingly did not notice her expression. She responded with a gentle smile. Thanks. Does she really think I don't know how to use the water heater? Great. I'll bring your dress over. Sandy smiled and walked out of the room. After closing the door, the smile on her face disappeared almost instantly. She took out a handkerchief and cleaned her hands thoroughly before throwing it on the floor. Her hand stinks. And her body stinks. Everything about her stinks. Vincent must have brought her here by accident. I'm sure he wouldn't like a filthy woman like Ariel. Meanwhile, Ariel was taking her own sweet time enjoying a nice warm bath in the bathroom. Even she felt disgusted by how she looked and smelled after spending a week on the island. As the warm water streamed down from her head to toes, she wiped off all the dirt on her face, revealing her fair complexion. Her delicate face with fine features made her look like a dainty little fairy. About ten minutes later, Shandye knocked on the door. Ariel, can you please open the door? I want to pass you the dress. I've also placed a pair of heels near the door. You can wear them later. All right. Ariel opened the door slightly to retrieve the dress. Once again, she did not see the disgust and mockery on Shandye's face. The dress Shandye gave to Ariel was a couture dress by Gucci. It was more costly than the dress she was wearing now. Though it took her some effort to get her hands on the dress, she could not wear it as it had a specific cut. Its wearer must be slim and possess a supermodel-like physique. At the same time, the person needed to have a busty, curvaceous figure to be able to fit in the dress. Without an hourglass figure, any ordinary woman would look plump in it. Since Shandye had broad shoulders but no collarbones, the dress would look unflattering on her. This was why she did not wear it for tonight's party. Once that hideous woman comes out with that dress, I'm sure all the guests would laugh at her. 
There is any exquisite dress she could wear to hide the fact that she was just a foolish country bumpkin. At the same time, Chandier was not afraid that Henrik would blame her for turning Ariel into a laughingstock. After all, she had given Ariel her most expensive dress. She only has herself to blame for not being able to fit into that dress. On top of that, the heels Chandier prepared for Ariel were also four inches high. I bet this country bumpkin had never worn any heels in her life. She might slip and fall in those stilettos when she walks downstairs later. Ha! Huh? Chandier was so proud of her wit that she almost wanted to applaud herself. She could not wait to see all the guests' reactions when they saw her in that dress. I want everyone to know that this country bumpkin does deserve to be my sister. Hey, Ariel, I'll be downstairs. Okay, Chandier said. Dinner's about to start. Come down once you are ready. Okay, Ariel replied from the room. Upon hearing her response, Chandier turned around and left. Let's get the party started so that all the guests, especially Vincent, will have a chance to see how hideous she is. Chandier hummed a cheerful tune as she made her way downstairs. She seemed to have forgotten how Vincent had embarrassed her earlier. It's okay. People will forget about it soon. The only thing they'll remember is how ridiculous Ariel looks. Back in the room, Ariel altered the dress a little so that it would fit her nicely. Knowing that Chandier would embarrass her by giving her an ill-fitting dress, she found a sewing kit in the living hall and brought it into the room. After putting it on and seeing how she looked in the mirror, she was pleased with the results. The couture dress looked great on her tall and slender body, and her collarbones became even more apparent after spending a week on the island. It fit her like a glove as if it was tailor-made. Since when is Chandier this kind-hearted? Is she not as evil as I thought she was? Ariel decided to trust her initial gut instinct. She removed the dress and examined it carefully once again. After a five-minute inspection, she did not find anything fishy about the dress. Hmm, that's strange. Ariel put it on, looked into the mirror, and studied the cut of the dress closely. She soon realized how challenging it was for someone to look great in this dress. The wearer must not only be tall and slender but must also have a nice bust size to accentuate the specific cut of the dress. Any woman with thick arms and large shoulders would not look graceful in it. But if the wearer fulfilled all the criteria, she would look glorious in that dress. A corner of Ariel's mouth quirked up. So that has been Chandier's intention all along. Huh? Too bad. I exercise regularly and have an ideal body shape that will look amazing in the dress. I can't wait to see the disappointment on her face later. Initially, Ariel wanted to lay low as she did not want to become the center of attention of someone else's birthday party. But what Chandier did made her realize she had no choice but to do something to stir up a hornet's nest in this family. Once the seemingly peaceful family became chaotic, Ariel believed the truth would eventually surface. After putting on the silver heels Chandier had prepared for her, she stepped out of the room. The heels were so high that had she lost focus, she would fall. Chandier decided to start the party early. She turned on all the lamps in the hall that had been extravagantly decorated. 
All the guests held a glass of champagne in their hands while they listened to Chandier's speech. Vincent, who had done sprucing himself up, stood among the crowd too. He was neither interested in the birthday party nor the pretentious socialites around him. He only stayed back to bid Ariel, his savior, farewell. Though he thought the girl he rescued was crude and unsophisticated, it was the right thing to do. Chandier got up the stage and took a glance at Vincent. Upon realizing he was still around, she believed he had stayed for her. Someone as esteemed as him must be too embarrassed to admit that he's interested in me. That's why he pretended he didn't know me. Oh well, I guess all powerful men are like that. She decided to take the initiative to express her interest in Vincent. She walked up to the mic and tried to make eye contact with Vincent. Good evening, Mr. Nightshire. Welcome to my birthday party. I'm so pleased to see you here. A crease appeared between Vincent's brows when he heard that. Who on earth is this ridiculous woman? Why does she act as if I know her very well? And where is that girl? Why hasn't she come down yet? A big part of Chandier's speech revolved around Vincent. It was as if she was trying hard to remind her other guests of his presence here. At this point, a housekeeper walked up to her and whispered, Miss, Moore is coming down now. Great. Turn on all the lights near the stairs. I want everyone to turn their attention to the clown. Yes, miss, the housekeeper replied. The stairs were lit up all of a sudden. Anyone who stood there would have been thrust into the limelight. Can't wait for the clown to take center stage. Ladies and gentlemen, today is indeed a meaningful day for our family as my sister from the same father is finally home. With enthusiasm. Chandier spoke into the mic once again. Human traffickers kidnapped her ten years ago. And today, she finally returned from the village. I'm truly glad. Before Chandier could finish her sentence, all the guests turned their heads around and when they heard footsteps coming down from the stairs, Chandier's face looked distorted as she tried to suppress her sarcastic smile. She raised her hand and pointed at the stairs. Let us put our hands together to welcome my sister. All the guests did not know what was going on but played along by clapping their hands reluctantly. Why should we clap our hands to welcome a girl from the village? They only did what she told them to because they had to show the Southall family some respect since they were one of the prominent families in Jadro. Otherwise, they would not even bother to look at a disheveled beggar. Upon hearing how Shandye introduced her, Ariel raised her brows and smirked. She can't wait for me to make a fool of myself. Can she? Ariel was not someone who took pride in her looks as she knew appearance was justified. But under such circumstances, she wished to take this opportunity to show Chandier how she looked. Ariel lowered her head to hide her emotions, lifted up the dress, and walked down the stairs. The guests first noticed a pair of slender legs clad in Jimmy Choo. The light that hit on her further accentuated her dainty toes and silken ankles. Just the sight of Ariel's legs had fueled the guests' imagination. Chandier, too, was taken aback by how perfect her legs were. She took a sidelong glance at some of the male guests and saw that they were all swooning over her. She also noticed Vincent could not keep his eyes away from her legs. Chandier began to panic and began to wonder if she had made the wrong move. 
But soon, she managed to regain her composure. It's just a pair of legs. Anyway, they'll probably throw up right away after seeing her face. By the time Shandye turned her attention back to the stairs, Ariel was already walking down to the hall. Go on. Walk faster. I can't wait for you to fall in those crazy heels. It'll definitely be quite a scene. To Shandye's surprise, Ariel did not wobble at all. Instead, she was able to come down from the stairs in steady steps. It was impossible for Ariel to fall because every step she made was so steady. Disappointment was written all over Shandye's face. How did she do manage to walk in those heels? Shandye did not know Ariel had had the experience of wearing a pair of six-inch heels when she stood in for a friend in a fashion show. To Ariel, these four-inch heels were just a piece of cake. I remember how some drama series depicted villagers walking on those ridiculous stilts during celebrations. Is that how Ariel learned to walk in heels? At this point, Shandye could already see Ariel's slender waist as the latter continued to walk down the stairs. How is this possible? She didn't look like this when she came down from the helicopter in her dirty and baggy clothes earlier. Shandye was utterly jealous. Fine, she might be skinny. But I bet she's an ugly B asterisk TCH. Once again, Shandye convinced herself that Ariel would eventually shock everyone with her unsightly appearance. Come on, speed up. Just as she wished, Ariel picked up her pace. After seeing her slender lower torso, Shandye's thighs were then drawn to her well-defined collarbones and neck. Shandye's fear continued to grow, and without her realizing it, she was already clenching her fists. The light finally shone on Ariel's face, revealing her well-defined and delicate features. Never in Shandye's life had she come across such a perfect face. Her dark and sparkly eyes were exceptionally stunning, and they shone like a pair of exquisite diamonds. No words could describe Ariel's flawless beauty. Shandye's jaw dropped, and she could not believe her eyes. That's that's Ariel. Is that really her? Are you kidding me? The color instantly drained out of Shandye's pale face. At the same time, a vortex of anger swirled inside her. Did I just give her a dress that flatters and made her shine like a star? Oh my god. What have I done? Shandye was overwhelmed by all kinds of emotions. She felt she was about to burst from rage. Her pallid face was now flushed with jealousy and hatred. She did not even want to take another glance at Ariel as it would only make her feel bad about her looks. Shandye observed the guests and noticed all of them were spellbound by Ariel's beauty. Vincent, who had all this while been carrying a deadpan expression on his face, began to look at Ariel differently. Is that awestruck in his eyes? Is an esteemed noble like Vincent Nightshire struck in awe over Ariel Moore's beauty? Ariel's beauty had also dazed Cindy. She was aware that her sister, Maureen, was a stunning beauty but was still surprised to see how gorgeous her daughter was despite growing up in the countryside. In fact, Ariel looked even prettier than her mother. Damn it. She'll steal Shandye's thunder for sure. Cindy immediately looked at Henrik. Henrik was just as flabbergasted. Of course, he did not react like how the other gentlemen did. He was Ariel's father. After all, 
but it was undeniable that there were sparkles in Henrik's eyes. This old man must have thought he has found a long-lost gem. No way. I'll not allow Ariel to enjoy the privileges we have in this family. I have underestimated this girl. I have to get rid of her. I must get rid of her. Ariel took a quick look at Chandier and realized this beloved sister of hers was so shocked that her face was all crumpled up. She'll probably come to me and throw a punch at my face if there aren't guests around. That's what jealousy does to girls. Ariel pretended she did not understand Chandier's expression and walked up to her with a smile. Happy birthday, Chandier. Why do you look so unhappy? What's wrong? Chandier was disgusted by Ariel's silvery voice. To her, Ariel sounded just like the friction between a saw blade and a chalkboard. Chandier tried her best to hide her emotions and plastered a smile on her face. I'm fine. I'm glad to hear that. Chandier. Ariel grinned. Oh, take a look at this dress you've lent me. It's a great fit. She intentionally emphasized the words, great fit. Rage throbbed in Chandier like a heartbeat. And she was on the verge of losing her cool. She's doing this on purpose. You. Chandier opened her mouth but fainted before she could finish her sentence. Oh. No. Chandier. Ariel did not expect Chandier to faint. She tried to grab her arms. But it was too late. With a thunderous crash. Chandier collapsed to the ground. Thanks for listening to the Bravanovel audiobook. Welcome to download the Bravanovel app. Read the novel obsessed CEO throws himself at me online and get the latest updates.